we've all seen them. We've liked their photos, we've ogled their grids. If you use Instagram and you love to travel, you know I'm talking about digital nomads. And if you don't know, well, a digital nomad is a new type of worker who uses the internet pretty much exclusively to live and work abroad. Digital nomads typically work remotely and earn money to their home bank accounts, all the while traveling the world from glamorous place to glamorous place. Hashtag Wanderlust. If you are a Wanderluster like me, it's a pretty enviable lifestyle. And the opportunity to travel more frequently and more fluidly is actually a huge part of my motivation in becoming a full-time freelancer. But there's got to be some challenges that come along with it, right? Like, that lifestyle cannot be as easy as they make it look on Instagram, can it? My guest today calls herself a nomad in progress. Sam La Liberty is a full-time freelancer, the founder of the Freedom Lifestyle podcast and Facebook community, and in partnership with her long-distance bay, is now building her own digital nomad lifestyle. In today's episode, we're going to hear Sam's story, where she got started, why she decided to move away from the traditional corporate lifestyle, and how the hell she makes it all work. So let's get started. Sam, welcome to the High Vibe Show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for hosting us in your gorgeous boardroom of your condo. I know this is beautiful. The sun is shining. It's a great way to spend a Monday. Yes, very happy to be here. And um, for those who don't know, we're actually doing a podcast swap right now. So you can hear me on Sam's podcast, The Freedom Lifestyle. Sorry, no, the just freedom lifestyle. <laughs> um, and then we'll have her here today. So it'll be a little trade, which is kind of fun. So fun. And we're just like back to back doing them. And I still have a lot of energy. This is our second one. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling good. We got this. Yeah. So maybe that's how we can start as you can tell us a bit about Freedom Lifestyle and what that podcast is all about. Sure. I launched the Freedom Lifestyle podcast in November 2017. So coming on two years now. And originally it was selfishly just an outlet for me. I had recently left a role selling software, hadn't done anything creative creative in a long time, and I knew I wanted to live the freedom lifestyle. So I figured I'll just interview five people that have it figured out, and maybe by the end I'll know what I want to do. And it ended up being this amazing brand, and so many amazing opportunities have come from it. Mm-hmm. It's turned into a huge success. So congrats on that. And we'll get into that more a little bit later, but speaking of like travel and this freedom lifestyle, have you always wanted to be a traveler and like build that life for yourself? Yeah. When I was younger, my family never really traveled with us. Um, Me and my sister were pretty bratty as kids, to be (laughs) honest. We fought a lot. We were not the easiest to travel with, so we didn't do much family traveling. And when I was 21 in university, I won one of those like best job in the world contests. Oh, yeah. Actually, I actually think I was even younger. I think I was either 19 or 20 and it was an all expenses trip to Australia for a month, oh my God, which cool. was amazing. And I got to like 
uh, blog and take photos and stuff while I was there. And that was part of the like job. So that was my first taste of solo travel and going to the other side of the world and like falling in love with it. So I think from there, I always knew I wanted to do more of it. I swore I was going to move back to Australia, Mm -hmm. but then you realize the world is just full of amazing places and I actually haven't been back to Australia since. Mm -hmm. It is so far. Mm -hmm. It is very far. (laughs) Yeah. So what were you taking in school then? I did a business degree with a specialization in marketing and consumer behavior. Oh, amazing. Yeah, but I played around with that a lot. Like when I was in high school, I was good at math. So my teacher told me to be an accountant and that was my original track and I would have been a terrible accountant. So would have been so unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm glad I found marketing and really I, when I went to university is when I got connected to entrepreneurship. My first Mm -hmm. job was helping manage and start an entrepreneurship center for alumni and students at the school. So that was epic because I got to explore what it's like to start a startup and all these young people younger than me doing it. Mm -hmm. And I just really knew, okay, I want this lifestyle as well. Yeah. Cool. That's so cool. Um, and then, so tell us how you got into software sales because that's what you were doing before you went totally freelance, right? Yeah. For the last 10 years, since I've pretty much graduated, I have gone, I guess not 10 years ago, I graduated in 2011, but since then I have been jumping back and forth between self-employment and working a nine to five for startups. So my first business I ran for three years and that was amazing. It really gave me a taste of the freedom lifestyle, which Mm -hmm. is working on your own terms and in ways that are best for you and making your own schedule. And then that business ended and I felt the need to, you know, just go back to a normal job and figure out what I wanted to do next. I had always been told, oh, you'd be so great at sales. You're so outgoing, blah, blah, blah. And so I just followed that and ended up working for a really great tech company in Toronto that had a bunch of young people working there. Some young people I knew that had gone to my university and I thought this sounds great. Um, and that lasted like less than a year and a half. Once you've had that taste of working for yourself and making your own schedule, you become a really bad employee. Yeah. It was really hard to transition to that office job, even though it was a startup with a millennial culture, they still had very strict working from home policies. Vacation was two weeks a year and not a day more. Not enough. And there was a lot of things, you know, the Friday before the long weekend, you know, when you'd think they would just say, Hey, why doesn't everyone take off early today? You've been working Mm -hmm. so hard. It was the bosses here. Like make sure you're in the office till five and that kind of stuff just really, really bothered me. Yeah. Um, so I was a bad employee and now I'm back doing my own thing and I plan on forever. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So tell us the San Francisco story. Cause I feel like this is the story that really kicked off like your full-time freelance lifestyle and like mm-hmm. building freedom lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So even though I said, I knew I wanted to be working back for myself again, it was one of those situations where I still didn't have my next business idea. I had never freelanced before. So in my head, working for myself meant creating some type of product and bringing it to market, which is what I had done before I had a retail e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that next idea yet. And I was in a long distance relationship. My boyfriend was in San Francisco. I was in Toronto and I really wanted to make the relationship work mm-hmm. to be honest. Totally. So I thought, Hey, I'll just move to San Francisco and I'll get a software sales job, but there. 
And it was an amazing journey of interviewing with all these really cool companies. You can imagine SF tech startups working on some really innovative stuff, really well-funded, really cool cultures and perks about working there. So I had a great time interviewing. I, everyone responded really well to my skill set and energy. I had three offers that I was super pumped about. I made pros and cons lists. I talked to mentors. I had a really tough decision picking. Like such a good position to be in. Totally. Right? Like, yeah. Oh, good all my problem to have. My <laughs> ego was so big then. Like I laugh <laughs> about it because what happened next, like, was the opposite. It like crushed me. Mm-hmm. So so excited. Had these offers. Picked a company, and I was like, "Okay, hey, this is the one." Turned down the other company that I also really liked and had just been recruiting with their team for three months. Told them, no, I have another offer that I'm more excited about. Then went to my current company in Toronto. I quit the job and let them know I'm going to move to San Francisco. I spent a couple weeks with their team getting my visa ready and like moving relocation stuff. And then I got an email from someone at the company I'd never even heard of before. They worked in HR. They said, let's hop on a call and discuss some stuff. And in the pit of my stomach, I was like, something's up. Mm -hmm. And I got on a video call and it was just these two women. And they were just like, yeah, we talked to our lawyers and it's going to be too difficult for us to get you a visa. So we're actually taking back the offer. Oh my God. It was like devastating devastating and so traumatic and I was embarrassed I tried to go back to the other company and was like I think I made a mistake they took a call with me but just to basically let me know like no like we need people that are excited about us fair Mm -hmm. and I was definitely not going back to my Toronto company so they had like a party for me like Sam's moving to San Francisco and I remember like crying in the bathroom and like no one knew and I just had to keep pretending I was like yeah like I don't know when it's happening but like I'm moving soon and meanwhile I knew like this whole thing was being taken away Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what did you do? Like, is this when you decided to like freelance full time? It wasn't even a decision. So in my head, I was like, like start the process over. It takes three months to get a job there. I like went and booked another flight to San Francisco for a month later. And I basically started the process again. But in the meantime, I had run into one of my old bosses and kind of just gave him the update. He was actually the mentor that helped me decide between the two companies. He was sad for me. He actually was doing a project in Toronto and he offered me a one month freelance project. I had never been hired in that like formality before. Mm -hmm. So I was like, great. It was a thousand dollars. Amazing. I have no money coming in right now. Was doing the work online in San Francisco while recruiting for companies. And this time I got no offers. And the reason why is because I didn't want it anymore. You know, my trust had just been broken. I just experienced freelance and I was like, this is amazing. Like my boyfriend was at work. I was at a coffee shop in SF doing work for a company in Toronto. And I was like, this could also be the same way to make my long distance relationship work while also working for myself. And so after that, I just like doubled down with freelance and started creating my own products. Amazing. I mean, that's the way to do it. (laughs) So then... What about the whole digital nomad part of it? Because that's kind of where you are now, right? As you're building this nomadic lifestyle. So you've been freelancing full time. You've been back and forth to SF and your boyfriend's in BC now, right? Yes. So it's a lot of travel back and forth there. Yeah. But then what about the rest of the world? I know the world is so amazing and I know Mm -hmm. you love to travel too. Mm -hmm. So you get it. 
But how that actually happened was from him. So he was still in his job and he was seeing me have this freedom lifestyle, like <laughs> all this, like working wherever I'd come visit him. He'd have to go back to work on Monday. And I'd be like, really? Like I could stay longer. I have all this freedom now. And so then he was hooked. So I'm now responsible for like my two best friends and my boyfriend quitting their jobs. <laughs> so he ended up quitting his job and we have been together transitioning to both working online and living more nomadically. Mm -hmm. And we just got back from our first four month trip. We did four months in South and Central America and had our laptops the entire time. Oh my God. So what was it like working while you were down there? It's, it's not that easy. I mean, no. the biggest <laughs> challenges are like one wanting to work. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like you're in these beautiful places and the mistake we made was we were moving around a lot. I think when we do it again, not if, when we do it again, we'll probably, we will stay at places for like a month instead mm -hmm. of just like maybe a week because you get to a place, you're like, can't need to explore the place. You finally feel like you saw it. You find a proper coffee shop with proper internet and then you're leaving again. So it wasn't the most productive, um, but it definitely gave us a taste of what's possible. We met so many other people doing it and we learned so much in that experience. It was just amazing to be able to have that freedom. And once you realize that you really can work from anywhere, then all of these options open and it's like, okay, well, where mm -hmm. and what next? And we just made another 18 month vision board this past weekend together. And Cute. we have like a dope 18 months coming up and I'm so excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um, as far as like, I mean, I feel like with the building, like work from, um, abroad possibilities, mm -hmm. like there are these like di different digital nomad groups where they'll give you like tips and tricks. And I think a big part of it too, is staying in in one place for a longer period of time. I know that when I was living abroad, I was like, um, I was working while I was there, I was teaching English and then also trying to pick up work on the side. But I remember feeling like I didn't feel like a traveler because I would be working all day. And then I would meet other travelers who would come and go, but then they were always like on to the next place. And I was just still stuck there. And I felt like I was getting into kind of like a nine to five routine again, but abroad. And so it's sort of, I felt like all of the same problems from home like followed me to my life abroad because I was like still stuck in that workplace lifestyle. I'm wondering like what you think about that and if the same thing happens when you're working abroad. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's just the nature of freelance in general. And mm -hmm. I know we just talked about this on the interview we did with you on my show, but you want to definitely make sure you're not only getting paid when you work, right? You yeah. want to be thinking about passive income. You want to be thinking about packages for your freelance offering. You want to be thinking about other entrepreneurial ventures that you can do. So for us, our goal was to diversify our income. Mm -hmm. um, a great example of that is Airbnb. Like that is the perfect example of making money while I sleep. Mm -hmm. I was making an additional thousand dollars every month while paying off my rent. So that was pretty epic and mm -hmm. that was completely possible. We also didn't have to work just during the day. I think if it's a really sunny day and time zones are already a shit show when you're a digital nomad who says you have to work during the day. So we would do the outdoorsy stuff, go on hikes, enjoy vitamin D, mm -hmm. and then we would sometimes work in the evening. Um, so we definitely made it work and it didn't feel like we were as restricted. We were also only working part-time, I would say, on right. this journey, whereas okay. the next trip I go on, which is coming up this fall, it'll be more of a full-time thing. 
Um, so I'm sure I'll have new lessons around that and around boundaries. Yeah. Cool. That's interesting. That's a good way to do it to like explore during the day and Mm -hmm. then, um, work at night Mm because then you're still getting to experience the place that you're traveling to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it was opposite, right? Like we'd go to hostels that were hosting like the party of the month and it sounded so great. They had Mm -hmm. all these DJs coming and it was super exciting. So then we would want to work all day so that we could just indulge and have fun and dance and socialize at night. So it was always different. I think now that I'm back home, it's a pretty strict, predictable routine of what I do every day. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I was traveling, you know, sometimes it's working during the day, sometimes at night, sometimes not at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of just finding that balance Mm -hmm. and finding a groove. Mm -hmm. And then some days you work like basically all day. Right. So it's just, and that's just the power of working for yourself and on your own terms is you get to make all of those decisions. And when there's a motivation, like you get to go to this amazing hike tomorrow morning, if you get your shit done or you get to party all night, like what better motivation is that to like get your stuff done efficiently, which Back in my old job, like there was no motivation to be yeah, efficient. It was, just, it was like, just like, I'm getting paid anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, that's cool. So, okay, you're building your own brand. You've got Freedom Lifestyle. I know that you're doing workshops too, which is pretty amazing. Congrats on the success of those, by the way. Thank you. Um, but what else do your clients look like? Because um, I think you were in a, doing events, doing some software sales. So I'm just curious, like what? your client, uh, work looks like. Mm -hmm. I'm on year two now of freelancing full time. And year one was saying yes to any gig, pretty much Mm -hmm. anyone who was willing to pay me to work online for a reasonable rate. I was down for, so I did learning the hard way. Yeah. (laughs) I did a lot of random stuff. I did copywriting. I did social media management. I created videos for people. I created podcasts for people. I did some influencer relations, all this stuff, did some conferences and events. So it was a bunch of random stuff, which was super exciting. I definitely like variety in my work and I still do that, but now I'm really trying to become more specialized. I think when you do that, you can really start to double dip with clients. Another way to like create not necessarily passive income, but more efficient ways to make money. Mm -hmm. So now I've really trans transitioned my skills with software and sales into like a freelance offering. So I'm doing freelance partnerships for companies. So I'll help them grow their brands through strategic partnerships with either influencers, affiliate marketers, media professionals, or even complementary brands to do like co-marketing collabs, um, which is the same thing I was doing in sales, you know, prospecting, mm-hmm. qualifying people, doing the outreach, making them love you, creating the partnership, tracking it, managing it next, and just like repeat, repeat, repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm doing it in something that I think is way cooler and the people I actually want to reach out to and be making these partnerships with. Cool. Transferable skills. Transferable skills. (laughs) Totally. Um, Okay. And then talking about money, like I feel like it's really important to be real about uh, money and how you make this lifestyle work because, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as you can post like these gorgeous photos on Instagram, there are some harsh realities. And I know you've been really honest about that in your podcast um, and on Instagram as well. Um, so can we talk about just like how you are making it work? Cause you were saying too, that you're working part time while you were there. And like, did you ever have clients that had a hard time with you being abroad? Did you ever like lose opportunities because of that? Um, and I know like you also talked about like Airbnb in your apartment. So maybe you could just give us a little bit of like what you're doing to live this way. Yeah. I think I've really shifted my values a ton in the last two years of transitioning to this freedom lifestyle, the materialistic things that used to give me joy do not anymore. Mm-hmm. And this, the, the biggest things are like the first things to go were 
like the small luxuries of life of, you know, going for dinners all the time and getting $14 cocktails and Mm -hmm. getting a Starbucks coffee all the time, getting my nails done, feeling I need to buy like seven new outfits for every single trip. I don't do those things anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really living more minimally and that isn't for everybody, but it is for people that value experiences and it is for people that are looking to transition to this. If you want this bad enough, those things will stop mattering. Like it really does. The expensive hair appointments, just all those things that you're doing it for me, it just stopped mattering. And so I first looked at what was coming out of my bank account because something I really love is it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you save. And so the first exercise I did was I really did an audit of my credit card statements and looked at all the stuff that was coming out of my bank account and looked at how I could reduce that so I could keep more of the money coming in. Now I'm the type of person that actually looks at the prices at grocery stores. (laughs) I can honestly say I didn't do that before. Mm -hmm. Like it's little things like that that I really started to do. Um, and now that I'm less pressed for money, I have money coming in and it's a lot more flow. It's not like I'm back to doing all those things. I still, I'm do, I'm still making my own coffee. I'm still, you know, meal prepping my own lunches. I'm still looking for sales at the grocery store. Um, I think I'll probably always be more mindful of where my money's going. It allows me to do other things, even just being able to be generous with my friends. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think that when I transitioned to this life, I had to stop doing that a bit. Um, So that's coming back. So that was part of the transition. And in terms of working remotely and clients being okay with that, the way I've just set that up well is it's always remote from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So right now I have two clients and one is based in LA and one's based in Vancouver. So we've always been operating with no FaceTime. We've always been operating in different time zones. Mm -hmm. And so it really doesn't affect my work as long as I know how to, you know, deliver quality work. They're cool with it, which has been amazing. It also helps that I'm like, a walking digital nomad advertisement so it's not like a surprise when they hear mm-hmm. like oh I'm going here next month um so that's been find, fine sorry to interrupt you most clients who are familiar with working with freelancers and remote workers don't care mm-hmm. they're like just get it done they don't care yeah and there are some that that do have issues with it like I know my boyfriend he had a client recently who it was just a sticking point from the beginning like he didn't get it he didn't want to start the contract they're Toronto-based until Jared got back in Toronto from the trip and and Jared said he's like this doesn't matter but sure like let's start the contract then I'll put in some FaceTime with them and then I'll be able to be more remote and they were still being like hey we want can you come into the office again on Wednesday come into the office again on Friday Mm -hmm. and he ended up just walking away. Like both parties realized it was never going to work. And for some people, you really have to educate them and show them how this works. Mm -hmm. Other people will never get it. And there have been opportunities I've missed out on people wanting to hire me, but they wanted like face to face time in the office and you just have to wait out for better clients and, and they're out there. Yeah. 100%. There's a lot that are really familiar with it or people even like abroad too that you know, are happy to have a Canadian person to employ. So Mm -hmm. that's cool. Um, okay. So we talked about your boyfriend a little bit. I would love to hear, um, how you two are making it work in a long distance relationship and 
I guess, what is it like having a partner when you're doing all this nomadic stuff? Because it sounds like that's really the dream. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's pretty Mm -hmm. awesome. I mean, with any relationship, too much time together can, you know, start to be annoying. And then with too much time apart can start to be kind of sad. So Mm -hmm. we're definitely always navigating that. We go from spending like two months apart to two months together 24-7. So it's very shocking every time to transition Mm -hmm. in and out. But it's been amazing to have someone on this journey together with me. Like we're really co-creating all of these things. And he he's not sure if he wants to be self-employed for the rest of his life. He's kind of committing to this two-year digital nomad experience of consulting. But mm-hmm. the type of work he wants to do might be better suited for a traditional job. He wants to really manage people, whereas I'm more of an individual contributor. Mm-hmm. And that's totally cool. I'm just so proud of him for committing to this journey and experiencing it. And he's so confident in himself and he'll probably always have like some side consulting now, which is cool. In terms of making the long-distance relationship work, well, we actually created a book about this, Mm -hmm. which has been awesome. The LDR activity book, because in the last three and a half years of being long distance, we've come up with a lot of ways to make it work. We love doing little activities and coming up with like rules of engagement and best practices and have learned so much. So we actually put all of those awesome learnings into like a really fun activity book for other couples. And that's been a cool journey of like launching a business together. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a cool idea. Thank you. Um, but then do you ever worry about like your relationship getting in the way of your work or having it so tied to your brand identity? Oh yeah. I, I mean, when you're fighting with your boyfriend, but yet you're like creating an Instagram account about a love and like you're in love and it's like, this feels fake. Yeah. We're fake. And he's like, calm down. (laughs) Cause he's more like level headed and I'm more extreme. Like I'll be like, everything's amazing. Oh my God. Everything's awful. Everything's amazing. Everything's awful. So yeah, definitely. That's a very real question. No one's asked me that before, but yeah, it feels weird. It's like, what if we do break up? Like what happens with this business? So that's definitely a thing, but I don't think that should stop any, anybody. I mean, my first business was with my three best friends and unfortunately we're not really close anymore after, after the business. So that can affect things Mm -hmm. for us. The hardest part was writing the book. Um, I always joke like there's nothing sexy about arguing over like shipping rates and where the punctuation mark should go (laughs) and then try to have a date night. Um, but now that the book's written and we're just like marketing and selling it, it, it's a lot more fun. Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And then what about, um, your other relationships in your life when you're traveling and you know, it seems like you're always out of town or especially doing like four months abroad. Like, do you find, I know that you have him with you, but do you find that it gets lonely or that it gets hard to maintain those relationships from far away? I haven't experienced the loneliness, but I've definitely experienced the maintaining friendships from far away. Like I said, my boyfriend and I were, were very intense and intentional about our long distance relationship. Not everyone wants to have that kind of long distance friendship. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's down to committing like, okay, we're going to talk every three weeks. Are we going to do this? These are going to be our ways we stay in touch. Like some friends are really just based on convenience and that's hard mm-hmm. to realize. And that's sad. And I, I'm just willing to take on the burden of that because at the end of the day, it's my choice. I've been transitioning to leaving. So I feel like I should be putting in more effort and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And coming home this time, it was weird. You know, I feel like I was getting invited to things less and in their perspective, it's like, well, she probably can't come anyway. But for me, it's like, I still want to be invited. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, it's totally a thing and it'll really test your friendships 
So that's something I'm navigating right now. And I'll probably just continue to have less friends, but higher quality ones as I continue this journey. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. My high school best friends are still like my two best friends and like they're in Alberta, but like Mm -hmm. we make it work. And like one of them actually, we do have a tradition with like Facebook events with birthday parties and stuff. We always invite each other, even though we know the other person can't come, but Uh. it's just like a cute little thing that we do to make each other feel included. Totally. But it does feel like a long distance relationship. Like it takes a lot of work and that's been like over 13 years that I've lived in Ontario that we've been maintaining that good for you I feel you though it's hard okay so before we go I want to give you a chance to also like talk about what you're building now um so we talked a little bit about freedom lifestyle but maybe you can tell me more about the podcast and about the community that you you've built on Facebook and on Instagram for sure so the freedom lifestyle podcast was the first thing I did it was just a five episode series as I said but now I'm wrapping up season three which is really amazing Mm -hmm. and a lot of people listening they really wanted to connect with the guests and had more questions so I created a, a Facebook group same thing, Freedom Lifestyle Brand. You can find it on my website at whatsyourfree.com. Um, and that's just a really great way for all these freedom seekers to come together, to post opportunities, to post collabs, to ask questions, to share resources. Um, so that's been amazing. It definitely helps me like feel connected while I'm away. So that's something I'm doing, as well as helping other people find their voice through podcasting. I've been doing these workshops on how you could launch a podcast on a budget. I'll be putting that course online next month. And it's been hugely successful. Thank hasn't you. It? It's been really awesome. And it's just so cool because you could literally start a podcast about anything. Mm-hmm. And so when that's the nature of who creates podcasts, I've met such interesting people I that bet. I would yeah, not normally interact with, which I love. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's next for you in terms of your brand and also with Jared, like, do you guys ever plan on living together at any time? When is this going to end? Well, he's actually downstairs on the seventh floor in my apartment right now. (laughs) (laughs) He's with me for the summer. So we're on that two months together right now, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But then we'll have about two and a half months apart while I go traveling this fall. One of the other things I'm doing with you. No. Yeah. We're going to spend some time in BC together, but then I work for a tour company called the girls trip. So we have a couple trips this fall together and somewhere in between there, I'm turning 30. So I'm going to do a girl's trip with my own friends. So we'll be separated again and then back together for the holidays. And that's probably what our life looks like for the next year and a half. He wants to stay in Vancouver. His friends are there. My friends are in Toronto. So we're just delaying anyone Mm -hmm. making the ultimate sacrifice for each other Mm -hmm. right now. That's what we call it. The ultimate (laughs) sacrifice. It's a lot of pressure. Um, And then as as far as like advice for people who want to live the digital nomad life, because it's obviously very like enticing and looks really attractive to a lot of people, obviously it comes with its challenges. What would you tell people who want to become digital nomads, aka me? <laughs> I would say it's so much easier than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you don't have like a high roller type lifestyle and expect to stay at five star hotels for the entire mm-hmm. like three months you're traveling. You can stay at affordable Airbnbs and get a monthly discount, which is amazing. You can, you know, stay at hostels that have free breakfast that adds up. So if you're down to make small little tweaks, you can totally do it now. I would say, think about diversifying your income in the same way I have. Think about ways you can work online and work remotely. And it's an opportunity to invest in your tech. I got a new laptop and some new fancy things Mm -hmm. to make working from anywhere easier than a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So yeah, it's totally possible and you can do it sooner than you think. It took me one year to prepare for my first trip. Um, and that looked like, you know, creating a roster of clients, saving money, being more minimalist, and then also just like buying stuff that I did need, like a proper backpack mm -hmm. and like really good comfy travel shoes. Cause I was hiking a lot. So that was fun as well. I liked that part of the process. I think that's really good advice that it takes one year. Like you can't expect it to happen overnight and you have to be really practical about saving and building clients and mm -hmm. that stability. Mm -hmm. Like it takes one year, but it also only takes one year. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like time is just flying by. Yeah. Like I cannot believe we're like into July now and yeah. it's just crazy. I think when you're at this time of your life, everything's just happening so fast. So a year will go by so quick. Just start now and a year from now, you'll be so happy you did. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, I think that's a great place to end. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the High Five Show and for having me over at your place. And hopefully this is just the start of a bunch of future collaborations. I hope so too. I think so. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Sam. Bye. Bye.